0: Hello and welcome to this podcast presented by LexisNexis. To receive 10% off a subscription to Health Law Essentials Package, mention promo code PODLNC1. Because the law is everywhere, at the heart of our lives and our discussions, this series brought to you by LexisNexis and guests will cover current issues that impact us daily. My name is Monica Sorensen, Marketing Manager at LexisNexis Canada. I would like to introduce our speakers for today, Russell Bennett and Andrea DeDonato. Russell Bennett is the author of our annual publication, Canada's Cannabis Act, Annotation and Commentary. He is a cannabis lawyer with the firm Cannabis Law Barristers and Solicitors, which he founded on April 20th, 2018, to service entrepreneurs and small businesses in the cannabis industry. He blogs and hosts the podcast Cannabis Law in Canada at CannabisLaw.ca. Prior to establishing a career in cannabis law, Russell produced and directed the documentary Stoned, Hemp Nation on Trial, which followed the marijuana possession test case and trial of Christopher Clay, owner of Hemp Nation, Canada's first hemp store. He also created and toured the award-winning multi-character solo play, The Reefer Man, about a lawyer-slash-underground cannabis grower. Andrea De Donato is an in-house lawyer for MPX International Corporation, a multinational diversified cannabis company focused on developing and operating assets across the international cannabis industry. Her focus is primarily on corporate commercial law, employment, securities, corporate finance, regulatory and litigation. Prior to joining MPX International in April 2019, she articled with a large hotel chain. Andrea obtained her LLB at the University of Birmingham in 2015 and holds a BAA in Paralegal Studies from the Humber Institute of Technology and Advanced Learning. She is also the proud owner of an award-winning retail tanning salon in Vaughan. In her spare time, she enjoys cooking, looking after her puppy and son, and once upon a time, traveling. I would like to thank both Russell and Andrea for joining us today. Over to you, Russell.
1: Thanks, Monica. <clears throat> wow. Well, you, those bios are like so hilarious to me. It's so different and um, and diverse. Like we we are, we're both lawyers, right? But yeah. an amazing different career path for both of us. Um, wow. Andrea, uh, first of all, I have to say I'm honored to be able to chat with you today. So thank you for, for joining us. Um,
2: yeah. Thank you for having me. This is going to be exciting.
1: It is. It's exciting it really is. to be here, yeah. So, okay, uh, you know, I, I before we, uh, we, got, we got on this podcast together, I, I did probably not enough research on MPX International Corporation. I looked at your website, and I was just like blown away, first of all. So maybe you could walk me through what MPX International Corporation does and a little bit about what you do every day just so I get an understanding.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, so we are a multi-international diversified cannabis company, as Monica uh, said. Um, So we have an emphasis on cultivating, manufacturing and marketing products. Um, We have operations spanning four continents in Canada, Switzerland, South Africa, Malta and Australia. Amazing. Um, Yeah, so we are, um, so never a dull moment. Um, um, Yeah, so we're like, again, in the early stages, we're building out in um, all these, um, you know, we also have operations in Canada, Um, we are a license holder in Canada, um, which is a a small scale license holder in Canada, um, with our yeah, so we we have about a 12,000 square foot facility um which is in um Peterborough. Okay. Um what
1: uh, so, what what uh, brand is that under?
2: Um so our license holder is Canvita Inc.
1: Canvita. Um, okay. Um
2: yeah, so it's Canvita. Um we've just um released our retail brand out in um actually Alberta under Strain Rack.
0: Oh, um nice.
2: so we're we're getting into the Alberta recreation, we wholesale
1: to Saskatchewan, the Saskatchewan. So wait, just hold on for one second. (laughs) I mean, you just talked, you're on four different continents. (laughs) Okay. Can we, can we start there for a second? Yeah. Okay. So uh, does that mean that you need to know the laws in each of those countries, like South Africa, Switzerland, like how, for you as a lawyer, are you dealing with contracts in all of these? Like, how, what, what, are you, what, are you, what are you doing as a lawyer?
2: Yeah. So, so short answer, yes. And um, Long answer, obviously, it's a bit more complicated. So, again, I think every time I do something that's in a different jurisdiction, I make sure I precursor it, like, I am not a Swiss lawyer. Right. I am not a <laughs> South African lawyer. Right. So, again, I think a lot of the stuff is, like, I mean, a contract is a contract in the negotiation stages, or right. in like, the terms and those types are the same, I think anywhere, or you can make it work anywhere. Um, if we get down to like the nitty gritty, for instance, like some employment issues or employment contracts, you know, I kind of, you know, we we do have external counsel, which we do uh, reach out to or rely on for some like regulatory issues, or, right. um, you know, when it gets down to employment issues, because, you know, like Swiss. Swiss employment law and Canadian employment law, like two different beasts in its own. Mm -hmm. So um, in issues like that, you know, I definitely do. um, We definitely do reach out to external counsel. So that kind of gives us some comfort that like, okay, I can do like the nitty gritty and then have a look over by external or just get some feedback on like the real regulatory or the real issues. Again, especially in like all these countries and we're dealing with cannabis, a highly regulated, you know, in, in, not only Canada, in Switzerland, South Africa, Malta, and all the laws differ on cannabis. Right. Um, so we also want to make sure that, you know,
1: we're obviously you're, ab- you're the law in, and above
2: in every in one compliance.
1: Of our Yeah. Exactly. So, okay. So I, I encourage anybody who's listening to, to, to our conversation today to go to your website, to go to mpxinternationalcorp.com and take a look at the brands. Okay. So the brand tab, right away, you get this, um, six tag sites, right? And then it takes you to, to the different brands. The first one, let's talk a bit about Holy Weed. First of all, yeah, what a great name. <laughs> I, I love that. Holy Weed. Yes, absolutely. And then you find out that it's organic. Now, yes. in Canada, we cannot yet say that a, a strain or um, a plant is organic in the cannabis space. Do you, do you, is that is that your understanding?
2: Um, I think I'm not a hundred percent. I know people are trying to develop it. I don't know that I know of like a full organic, a certified organic right? cannabis, if that's what you're saying. That's Maybe. what I'm
1: saying. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. So to, yeah. to be able to sell so, to the public in Canada, a company cannot yet say, hey, this, I have produced. I have grown this plant in a fully organic way. And consumer, you should know about this because it has a stamp, just like you go buy organic bananas in the store. You can't go to a store right now and say, "Okay, where's your organic stuff?" Right? And because there's no labeling, right? Health Canada and and the Canada Act—they haven't come up with the regulations for for that stamp yet, the organic stamp. And and yet in Switzerland. You can. This is amazing. I think you guys have found a way, which is really amazing to me, to be able to say, look, this is organic. We grew this without pesticides. It's in Mm -hmm. compliance with Swiss law for organic agriculture. How amazing is that? Then the consumer knows, okay, this is fully organic, right?
2: Yeah. And And then Swiss organic on the same time, because like I mean, even any European, I feel like European standards are always higher in the sense of yeah. like, um, agriculture.
1: Totally. Totally. So, okay. So c- can, do you know anything more about the, the Holyweed, um, uh, label? And can you tell us a bit about how you would, how you work with, um, Switzerland to like how, first, how did it yeah. all start and how, is, how is this continuing and how does this, how can can we get some in Canada? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> we exactly. All right, so tell me a bit about tell me a little bit about this.
2: Um yeah, so Holy World um started so MPX International actually acquired it in um May of 2019. So it was just shortly, so I wasn't actually um, you know, a big part of the acquisition as I started just before a month before that in April. Um so they acquired um uh, they acquired all the shares of Holy World um, and Holy World was co-founded, I think back in 2017 um, by um, celebrity Swiss cannabis pioneer, Bernard Rapaz. Yes. I think I'm saying that right. Um, so it has been like designated Swiss certified organic um, and it's a fully like it's seed to sale. So um, the products are a hundred percent certified with organic, um, high CBD flower, low THC, because in Switzerland, okay. you can't have anything over one, 1%, like you have to have 1% or lower THC content. Right. So we have high CBD, low THC, so in compliance with Swiss law. Um, and then the, um, the products range from like, uh, we have like pre rolls, uh, CBD flowers, um, like oils, pouches, chocolate CBD, um, cookies
1: um wow so and it's
2: a, yeah so it's a, it's a pretty cool line. store right yeah, yeah a very vast product line um
1: and is this uh, just for the swiss market or is this can you is this all over europe or where where can you sell these uh these products
2: so currently i guess don't hold me to it um but i believe we're only selling this right now in switzerland okay. um we do have a store in geneva and in Clearly, need to brush up on my business side of the company. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know there's a store in um, in uh, yeah, definitely there. I think there's two stores in two stores in Switzerland.
1: Um, and are they uh, so? Are, can you order online? They get delivered. Yeah, yeah. Yes, so, so it offers. Yeah.
2: So I think there's retail pop ups. I think we're in the products are also in other like in other not just our flagship store. Um, but in also other areas, um, but we could, we also like, there's online delivery, um, I think pickup.
1: Yes. Okay. So compare this, if you can, to the Canadian, uh, company What you've got, you know, with Canvita, right? Canvita or Canveda? I'm not sure. Canvita. Yeah. Canvita. Okay. So ca- with Canvita the the same kind you can't have first of all you can have you know thc cbd whatever you know it doesn't matter in canada obviously but in terms of the uh the product cycle from seed to sale how what's what's uh what's it like for canvita in in canada are you just selling to the ontario market are there other opportunities for other... You said you have a retail in Alberta now. You're selling wholesale to Saskatchewan. Are, is it with the Canvita line or is it with other lines?
2: And um, so in in Canada, so uh, for Canvita, we have um, a medical line and a and a, um, we're developing a medical line and then we have the recreational uh, branding as well. And um, so in Canada, we <clears throat> currently only sell flour. We're in the process of uh, obtaining our... Um, extract license um, mm. under the two point Yes. Um. So right now we do the flour. So we have flour. We supply the. Um, we've just entered into the supply agreement with the AGLC in out in Alberta, nice. um, and we've also just closed a uh, deal out in Alberta uh, where we're going to open retail stores. Yes. Um, and carry our train. Strain rack, sorry, branding. Um, we also supply Saskatchewan. Um, they're Saskatchewan wholesalers, so that's not controlled by the government. Um, so we provide, we supply private wholesalers who then supply the re- retail stores in Saskatchewan. Right. Um, so that's kind of currently what Cambida is doing. Um, we've also shipped. Um, we we're also working for our medical brand. Uh, we work with a, a Israel company called Panaxia. Um, so we're developing uh, medical products, um, and we've just um, released a shipment. Um, we've partnered with a uh, So we've actually just shipped uh, a, a shipment to, or we're in the process of shipping um, cannabis flower to Panaxia in Israel. Right. Um, to develop products there.
1: That's fantastic. Us. Wow. Yes. And okay. So in terms of licensing, so let's get, uh, let's get a little understand do You yeah. are you involved with the licensing, you know, applications and and compliance issues, or you you do that kind of thing? As
2: uh, yeah, so as I mean, I we definitely do. So, um, Canvita has like we have a great team down at the ground in Canvita, uh, general manager QA. So, in consultation with them, um, I'm definitely involved um, uh, in the regulatory issues or in the regulatory like process. Um, so, yeah.
1: And how? So how you mentioned you're you're trying to get um, your mm-hmm. processing license to be able to make extracts and uh, and and other kinds of products from from mm-hmm. extraction. So what what's the yeah. process like working with Health Canada to get a license after you've already gotten your Have. cultivation license? Yeah,
2: yeah. So I think with um, with our licensing, um, so we've had a few like with the two point regs coming in think for us, like as a smaller scale, um, license holder, as well as like a smaller company with not um, like extremely vast resources. Yeah. Um, you know, it's been, um, we've had a few hiccups um, with our amendment application, um, because, you know, as the 2.0 regs are coming out, we were still kind of still navigating through the one, like just the regular regulations. Yes. Um, so, um, we're on a good path, though. So we're working with Health Canada now um, to straighten them all out. And um, can you, see. can are you,
1: there's... can you, are, are, are you uh, able to tell, like, give an example of a kind of hiccup that you encountered?
2: Let me think. Um, <laughs> okay.
1: Because um, we're seeing, so, like, you know, Health Canada, it has a long lineup of Amendment yeah. applications, and it takes them a of sure. time. So
2: I think, and then Health Canada, we've been like, they're definitely, I think, probably super under-resourced um, yes. <laughs> in what they need to do. So in all fairness, you know, there are been lags and, you know, just in timing, so many new applications, so many things going on. Um, so um, we've been, you know, and, and and again, like the regs, they're super vague. Yes. Um, and I, and I think with, uh, with, with health Canada, again, into their fairness, like they're not, they're not, um, the word I'm looking for is they are not consultants. That's what I was thinking. So there's, they're not going to, they're not here to interpret the regs for us. Like, you know, they're just here to imply it. So I think, um, a lot of the sense is because of the vagueness or because of like, you know, the under resourcing, you know, we'll do something, Um, the interpretation or like something that you've done in the past that you think, you know, this is the, this is the clear path forward. Isn't necessarily like, okay, I followed this path last time to get to this licensing. Like, let me do that this time. That's like, I feel like, again, super new industry, people are still learning. Everyone's interpreting the regulations still. And there's no like concrete guide. Um, You know, we're all like, we're saying like this is our path to success this time let's follow that again right and nine out of ten times that we're not going to get the same result <laughs> so whether it's like you're dealing with a different you know right. regular, you're dealing with a different person um at health canada you're dealing with a different department um so it's just challenging in that aspect that like you know you think you're following that you did this right this time maybe that's going to be the same time So I think that's kind of um,
1: that's frustrating. That's very, very
2: frustrating. frustrating. Yeah. So again, with everyone, like you have your opinions. And again, it's a very new area of law. Um, Health Canada is under resourced, um, you know, you know, with every law, you know you have your laws, you have regulations, and then you have the opinions of people. Yeah. I think they're just very—they're mm. not on. Everyone's not on. I think the same playing field yet. And I think again, when in 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 all fairness, it is new. So I think in time, you know, we will get to a better place or a more systematic, more um, clearer path forward.
1: And and uh, on the road. You still have to make a living, right? I mean, the company exactly. still has to. So, your wait, you're you're trying to get um, a processing license mm-hmm. now. What yeah. do you for, have for extracts? Extract. So, yeah, do you uh-huh. have uh, products in mind that that you'd like to be able to make? I mean, yeah, Canvita can does have a, like a list of products that products. oh, these would be these would be great for our market.
2: Yeah, so I think that we're definitely into like the extracts, um, I believe like the vape um, vaping products, definitely um, on the medical side or even in the rec, because it's not really uh, differentiating, but we want to do like sublingual tablets, um, uh, topical creams. um, So we're definitely looking at like a wide array of of products, um, especially working with our partners uh, in Israel with Panaxia, having... them on board, you know, I think we, we think we can make a really good product. Um, that's not like especially with the Siblingo tablets and the um, that that are not readily available um, to the market. Um, so yeah, like that's uh, like, again, we definitely do want our like to do extracts, um, like the Yes, not oil, it's not called cannabis oil anymore. It's called cannabis extract exactly. in the dropper bottles.
1: That's right. I <laughs> so yeah. remember
2: my terminology. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, they repealed the cannabis oil the, definition.
2: Yes, yeah, so it's not called cannabis oil. It's called cannabis extract. The same thing with like licensed producers and then they're referring to as licensed holders. So I'm on this whole thing of like making sure in all of our documents referred to as license holder, but you still get like LP around, like the yes. word LP gets thrown around last time. I'm like, is that, because they used to, Health Canada used to refer to everyone as like LPs, but yes. are you a licensed producer? No, now you're a licensed holder. So exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Because a licensed producer just meant that you're growing the flower, but you weren't, processing it it. exactly
2: i know i
1: know these are early industry errors that are constantly all these kinds of things have to be constantly changed and amended and you have to keep rolling with it
2: yeah yeah so you're
1: you know just like you're saying like all of your documents you got to go through all of your documents and you have to change everything to suit the the whatever the terminology is of the day right So license, license holder. And like
2: in and of itself, like dealing with Health Canada regulatory is easily a job in and of itself. And like some of like the advantage that I think a lot of the larger companies have um, is obviously having a lot more uh, like vast resources from money to personnel. Um, So they can, you know, again, like I said, regulatory, I would love to have had like it it could easily take up all of my time. Right. I solely focused on that, but like, unfortunately, like being in a listed small to medium sized company, like, um, you know, we're thrown as legal counsel, like I'm thrown 12 different ways.
1: Yeah. You, any, you, you need every a team, day. right? You, you don't yeah, have a team, so, but you need a team. Exactly.
2: Yeah, exactly. So like our legal team right now is our general counsel and myself. So, um, and then we do obviously work with external counsel when we need, but that's also really expensive. So, um, and and regulatory is like is as a lawyer, I think regulatory is even more important. Like like we see the importance more than someone like maybe on our operations team does. Oh, it's okay. Like, yeah, that makes sense. And we're like, you know, we look at it with our regulatory or lawyer hat and like we pick out a hundred things that we could do differently. Right. Um, just like, you know, the nature's game. So uh it's interesting though, you know, and so now we have to like we, we have to find a balance of what does and doesn't come across our desk. Yes. Um, just, you know, to, again, grow a business, you know, we're, we're, we're assisting with growing the business, you know, doing the day to days, dealing with employment, like employees, like contracts, MA, uh, privacy issues. Cause we also, we also operate a medical cannabis clinic.
1: Oh, where's that? Yeah.
2: So that's based out of Toronto. Um, so it's called Spartan wellness, um, Spartan wellness. And, um, it has a, um, a, the, the, it was founded on the premise of to help veterans and first responders um, to kind of uh, get them away from opioids um, and, and onto medical cannabis. But now we also offer services to all Canadians. Right. Um, so we have a team of nurse practitioners that um, um, educate patients, like that, that assess patients and, you know, get them the products and things that they need.
1: Right that's excellent. Excellent. And are are you, um, I guess for me, the distinction between the medical and the recreational, um, cannabis brands or cannabis plants or cannabis, the the way that medical is separated from recreational, is that, um, how, what is that? It seems to be like a fiction to me. Is it very much, isn't it the same plant? And, and yet, there's these two different categories. So a, as a company, how do you, uh, how do you, um, I guess, account for the differences, but you're selling to, you know what I'm saying? It's the
2: like, same, I got hundred percent. So it's the same. And I had a, a band. I had to like speak at, when I first started here um, to our like uh, operations team and just be like, like dumb this down for me because I don't see a difference like What it like with when looking at the regulations or looking at the laws, like there's no distinction here. Like, what is there? And and there really isn't. The product is the product, whether it's going to a medical patient or it's going to uh, the recreational market, to the wholesalers, to sell in the retail. Um, I think you can you know, there are some companies and, you know, I think we started again, strong. We're medical focused company. Um, Again, I think a lot of people medical cannabis was legalized first. Yes. Or available first. Uh, But, you know, recreational cannabis is coming, you know, is becoming, it's legal here and it's starting to come legal everywhere else, like other places in the world. So, again, other than the fact that, you know, license holders can sell directly to patients, to registered medical patients, so we can sell our product directly to them via delivery. Right. Um, Whereas retail cannabis stores, you know, we sell it to... Like, in, so in Ontario, for instance, you would sell it to the OCS, the OCS would sell it to the stores, AGLC. Right. In Alberta, a similar process. We sell it to the AGLC. They distribute it to the stores. Right. Um, and then the stores, um, the stores can sell it. I know for the uh, a bit of the time during the pandemic, they were able to do curbside pickup and delivery. Uh, not anymore, but... Um,
1: Right, They're only they, the OCS can deliver. Right, that, 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 only
2: the OCS or, can deliver.
1: What do you think about that? What, what's your what's your take on on that for retail in, in Ontario?
2: So we don't have any retail stores currently in Ontario. Um, so, like from our company standpoint, like not effective. But I think, like personally, I think a hundred percent. I'm not sure why. I, again, I think the only good thing that has come out of the pandemic this pandemic was the fact that curbside deliver curbside pickup has become like mainstream. Right, um, It's so useful. And, you know, we've given now we've given consumers, um, we've given consumers like more access to, to getting their legal cannabis with the, in, in Ontario, I'm speaking solely. So in Ontario, you know, the Ontario government said, okay, due to the pandemic, you know, we're allowing curbside pickup and delivery from retail stores. And then they go, so now, you know, users had so many different means, like more means of getting it opposed to just, you know, ordering it on the OCS and waiting for delivery. They could go to their like their store that they like and pick it up or, you know, get it curbside pickup, get them to deliver it. And now they repeat the Ontario government repealed this. And it just it doesn't make sense to me because. You know, why, like we've given, you know, the whole point of legalizing cannabis, especially in the recreational was to displace the illegal market. So the legal market and the black market, I think have like an up on the, like there's, there's a lot of differences or a lot of advanced, like why people go to the black market. But one of them I think is definitely convenience, discretion, convenience, you know, getting cannabis within delivered to your home in 30 minutes. Yep. Um, so, you know, we're, we were like on a path, you know, opening up access to legal cannabis, and then like kind of taking it away.
1: Mm-hmm. Doesn't make sense. I Doesn't, agree with make, you. Sense. doesn't make sense.
2: sense. And it's you can get curbside pickup your alcohol still. I mean, the Ontario government is looking to allow restaurants to continue to sell their like curbside pickup, essentially from restaurants being able to continue to sell alcohol with their takeout and delivery. So, you know, it definitely doesn't make sense to me for the retail stores in, in Ontario.
1: Right. Okay. And, um, so let, let let me ask you. Uh, if we can see we're we're nearing the end of our half hour. Mm. We need we need another half hour. <laughs> we got to do this again. Um, Definitely. But uh, um, I, I wanted to ask you about what. So in terms of working with Health Canada, because I want to I want to circle but This is a big thing for Canadian lawyers, and especially lawyers mm. working in companies. And you're you're in a small to medium sized company here in Canada. Even though you've got all these different brands across. The world in Canada. Your focus is um, is is in a small to medium sized business, right? And you're mm-hmm. trying to get your extract, uh, your license to to do extracts, and um, and the challenge. So my practice focuses on on uh, assisting the entrepreneur and the small business. So I'll, I have clients that are a little smaller than you, your uh, business, but mm-hmm. I think the challenge is the same. Is that Health Canada pivoted last year to require um, companies to have a facility that's essentially fully built out before they'll grant the license. Is this, is this part of the challenge, the practical challenge for getting the license? I mean, apart from the delay and, you know, talking to different uh, departments and, and and all the regulatory, but is the practical challenge of, of getting enough capital to build out this facility, get the machines, get all the get everything lined up, in advance of cutting the ribbon? Is this, uh, is that a part of your challenge, or is that not, is not on a challenge anymore? I, I, I kind of want to know from your perspective.
2: Yeah. So I think so. For us, luckily, like we were already licensed. We had our license way back when. Um, so before all of this happened, so we didn't have to, we ha- we didn't have to build out before getting our license. I think it's extremely risky. And going in being, um, you know, not having your license and just, you know, looking at the regs and, you know, the challenges that we see people and even larger companies having with Health Canada, it would be like, I, I'm a sh- I, I'm sure for the, the the person going in with an application or wanting to start a cannabis becoming a license holder now is a lot more scary because, you know, you kind of have to like you dump in all this capital, you build this facility, you're doing all of this. And then they're saying like, what, what chance do you, you don't even know. You're, it's not like you build your facility and you instantly are granted your license. Right. There's so many things that have, can go wrong, things that change. Your interpretation is different. And, so I think it's like extremely more challenging for people entering the industry now than before where you, you know, you enter your, in the beginning stages, it was great. You enter into your, your, you, you start. So way back when, before I got into MPXI, um, we were actually one of the, my brother started, was actually one of like early, very, very early applicants under the ACMPR Oh nice uh, for yeah. a license. Right. Um, so I kind of see like on that and struggling side of like, so not company-wide, like not speaking from MPXI wise because I wasn't part of their application process, but from an application side. So I think we we started in, um, he's, I think he, he applied in like 2013. Wow. Um, as a license holder. So he was like in the early five, like he had like under the, I think it was first the MMPR. And then I went to the ACMPR. Then he was like, I think the like in the 500s of the, Applica- like of the persons that have submitted applications to health Canada for this license holder license. Yeah. Um, so it started like super. So from 2013, you know, and back then I know, um, and I wasn't as heavily involved, but I was, you know, in the background, I still was still in law school. Um, but back then, like, you know, the process was just going back through emails, just seeing the difference with health Canada. There were like very basic email emails, chain, like, discussions with Health Canada. Um, and, like, as over the years, you can see how they progressively get more sophisticated in their responding right. and their right. processes. So it was really interesting going back looking at those emails. I think I did a couple months ago, like, just to see what a Health Canada email looked like in 2013 on cannabis versus today. Extremely different, completely different. You actually, like, you could speak to somebody on, like, you'd probably call them, I think. Like, it's <laughs> so different. Um, but then, like, you know, you submitted your application, they reviewed it, and then they would give you like they would give you your um so what I'm looking for I think they gave you like your stamp like you you're ready to build right so, you, know, you had all of this stuff and then you could build like you could you could confidently go to investors or go to get pe- people's money because look I kind of have like a a pre-approval stamp from health uh, Like yes. all I got to do is build out and they're going to give us our license again I think it was a lot easier in that sense again different timing so there were different challenges. Um, but you know, you, you have this stamp of approval saying like, okay, now I can go dump 10, $20 million into doing this $5 million. Like, because like the chances are, I'm going to get my, I have a higher chance of getting my license. Right now you have people nowadays, you know, again, I think they did that because a lot of people were not like, you know, not putting in or not seriously putting in applications they are saying it was backing up the log. Yes. Um, There may have been different ways of doing it. I think now, like, you know, you have your application. So I know now I think, you know, you're, lawyers or your consultants in the industry are um their business has probably boomed yes because you kind of definitely want an expert on board to help you navigate through the challenges of like the challenging regulations the act and then dealing with health canada i think you definitely need somebody in your court that has dealt with them in the past um to kind of guide you to the finish line, because I mean, if you if you're if this is your first time dealing with them, you're definitely going to have challenges. Right. And then some, and and you don't know what that challenge is going to cost you.
1: Exactly. So many unknowns. So many mm-hmm. unknowns. Mm-hmm. Andrea, you're you're such a wealth of uh, information, and uh, I, I, there's so much more to cover. I think. <laughs> this is, so we, let's let's plan on having a part two together. For sure. For I, sure. I, I definitely well, want to talk to you. Um, Either before or right. after, we'll see timing-wise um, after you get uh, your processing license. So you can yeah. tell us what's what that was like, or sure. how it's not going well, or whatever. You know, yes. get an update on it. That would be really awesome. I update. would love, Again, to. I'd love
2: to I hope like next time we talk, we hopefully have it and we can tell you of all our new products that will be released in the coming days.
1: Beautiful. <laughs> I'll keep my fingers crossed for you. Yeah. Okay.
2: All right. Well, it was very nice uh, speaking with you, Russell, and thank you so much for having me on uh, this podcast.
1: Excellent. Um, All right. We'll talk, we'll talk soon.
2: Thanks. Okay. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.